Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up here momentarily. It's uh, for your NBA Daily Assist. Uh, lots of NBA news uh, out there, Gordon, as we progress uh, to finding out exactly what, what it's going to look like when it returns with the vote on uh, on Thursday. And my guess would be that vote's probably going to be pretty close to unanimous when it's all said and done. I bet behind the scenes right now would be fascinating to watch. Well, these are smart people who are going to come to a conclusion that works. Uh, that, but it's interesting now that we're talking about, okay, what form will it be? Will it take as opposed to will it take it all? You know, that's progress in my mind. All right. We actually just heard from Chris. Uh, he's got something that has come up. So we're going to talk to him at 3.30. He's just got to bump back his uh, his conversation a little bit. So we will still talk with Chris Mannix, but uh, it's going to be a little bit uh, later than we teased. It happens sometimes. It I've been happen. guests on radio shows around the country where I've had something come up that I had to do that. And uh, it's just when you're working our business, that sort of thing happens sometimes. Chris is pretty reliable, though. He, he always comes on. Mm-hmm. Which is why we have no problem being flexible with him. If it were uh, a lesser guest, uh, Gordon, I would be slightly grumpy. But uh, man, yeah, I mean, no, like uh, if it were, it were like who? Hans Olsen? Yeah, if it were Hans, I'd be super grumpy. <laughs> if it were a PK, you'd say, you know. Austin, if it, if it were Hans, then are you saying that if he said, hey, I have to bump this back a half hour, you would say, nah, no thanks. Canceled. Yeah, I, I'd use the, the line from Shawshank. You better be sick or dead. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Just kidding, Hans. Yep. Uh, no, but Mannix, no problem. Yeah, absolutely reliable and uh, certainly worth the wait. Always terrific uh, getting Chris's perspective, and uh, we'll get his perspective on a lot of things coming up at uh, at 3.30. That's really so funny. Have you ever... Nobody got that except me, but that was really yeah, funny. I know. I didn't get it. Uh, I, it when you, when a guest says, mean? oh, I... I'm uh, my my grandmother's puppy's mailman died, and you hear this in the background. Yeah, they're not telling the truth. Huh? Yeah, of where they are oh, currently. Okay. <laughs> have Speaking. you ever uh, have you have you ever missed an appointment or blown something off or forgot about something that you were supposed to that you were committed to and uh, like lunch with Buller? Uh, <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> did that happen once or twice? Uh, I, I just I just that. like it that you were bringing up something to make us look bad, and Austin played some just terrific cat-like defense and and mirrored that one right back to you before it even he got did. started. That was brilliant. No, I mean that was brilliant, <laughs> is what that was. Well, that's why you ever left your best friend and his sick wife in a third world country. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, have you have you ever done Hi, that? I'm Gordon Munson. Fact, <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, oh yeah. I was supposed to be there. <laughs> that ever happened to you, Jake? Uh, it happened to me today, actually. <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, I don't know if we need to get into it, but uh, yeah, that did. You had that, the appointment? That happened, and you happened forgot? To me today, yeah. Uh-huh. 
I did. I'll be, I'll be dang on. Well, I didn't mean to bring up anything. Austin, you ever done that? Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. And so what do you say? Sorry? <laughs> but you, Austin, you, you know. Do you make up do you make up some excuse? Do you say, "Oh, no. you know, I I had something come up and they, you know, I'm really, or do you just say, "You know, I know this was important to both of us, but I flat out spaced it. I, I, I'll bet I've, honestly, I bet I've done it less than five times where I've made up some kind of excuse that wasn't wholeheartedly the truth about it. Most of the time I just say, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I, I blew it. I'm so sorry. See, I, I'm with what's you, a, Austin. What's I'm not a, too... what's a... Sorry, Gordon, go ahead. What's the biggest whopper you ever told? I'll answer after you answer. Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> I told Bowler. I forgot. I'm sorry. It slipped my mind. And that was a lie? I thought you, no. you made up some fib about him already have gone through security and the no, no, at, I the, didn't, at the no, desk. And then, no, it, yeah, that was right, absolute. Right. Uh-huh. Both cases, absolute truth. I didn't have to tell him a lie. I just told him the truth. Yeah. Okay. Because when you, when you see people know if you're lying and you're, and you're stacking one thing on top of the other and just making it worse. Uh-huh. What, what was the name of that goalie again? Puxley? Your <laughs> <laughs> semi-pro hockey goalie? Puxley? What Bill. Bill Puxley? <laughs> Called him BP. Austin's <laughs> oh, got a good memory. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I left I left point, uh, 0.01% for truth altering. <laughs> so it, That'll it, it hold has... up in court. So Puxley's the only one then, huh? <laughs> Puxley and the flying... Uh, the flying, whatever that was, the flying, what do we call that? That thing from the movie, Austin? The flying V. Respect yeah, the name. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Have you, Everything else I, is true. I have not watched it re- recently, but I, I'm curious, Austin, have you watched the Mighty Ducks recently? Uh, probably within the last three years, but do that's they, not too recent. Do right? they hold up? Only because of the nostalgia. All right. That's it. But it, no, if you've never seen it, you don't ever want to right. see it. Right. In, in hindsight, I, you know, you kind of think, like, was that a good movie or was I just at the right age when that movie appealed right. to like, me? Like, look, The Three Ninjas <laughs> is a horrific video series, but I know each, all yeah. three of them by heart. So. By the time we got to D3, The Mighty Ducks, I, I was even saying, you know what, this is a little much. But that's better than D2. <laughs> Which, what was D2? D2 the, is the, the world's one. Yeah, the yeah. world competition. Nah, the, the, D3, they're at the prep academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- two is still better than three. <laughs> By the time we got to three, it was like, wow. Uh, I don't know if I can do this. But but does the first one hold up, I guess? The first one does, yes. Okay. So then if you were the proprietor of, uh, of a story and you could, uh, you could just leave it at one book or one movie and have it be remembered as a classic or stretch it out over two or three more and make money off of it which one are you going to do and but you're also not only you're making money but you're tarnishing the legacy of your brilliant work in the first one well you know i think the relevant question is here how much do i need the money <laughs> Okay. I think you, well, you made a lot. Answer. You made you, you made a lot of money off the first one. Yeah, but what if so I, you don't? What if you I, made a lot of money? So you've got you've got a considerable amount of money. Then do you want to go ahead and get more money, but tarnish what your your masterpiece? You can always make more money. 
But but see, I wouldn't. I mean, again, I did I, I did I flush all the money I made off of the first movie? You know, it, it's <laughs> it's amazing how uh, easily it is to be have integrity with your art when it's you know already generated <laughs> a healthy sum. Uh, but you know, like uh, I, I guess you're asking the George Lucas question, right? Where he held out forever, uh, selling Star Wars, and even did some just dreadful prequels. Uh, trying to make the magic happen again until finally, finally, how many years later, Austin? Forty what was it, three years ago when it happened. Yeah. Right? So what would? It oh be? no, it was like six or seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, when they finally sold to Disney because they've had to make all those movies. And how well, much wait a did, second. How much so, that's, that's not true. Them. That's not what he did. Uh, the, the Star Wars that was released was always the middle of the story. No, Jake, Jake is saying he sold the entire company to Disney. Well, yeah. After yeah, decades of, of telling everyone out. to yeah. go away. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got you. I thought you were. I thought you were referring to he. He wrote the other installments just to, to for the money. Oh no no no! He he held okay. on to Star Wars forever. In okay. fact, right. to satisfy everybody's thirst, he made three really bad movies, and then said, "You know what, Disney? Here, take it from here." The the money was finally big enough that he was like, "Fine, go ahead." But he he held out for a long. Long time. Hey, similarly, uh, George R. R. Martin is that yeah, who wrote the Game, Game of, of Thrones? Thrones guy, yeah. Today he'd probably say, "No, I'm going to protect my my next book and, and do it the right way." But that's because he's already made billions right off of the Game of Thrones television series. Correct. I mean that that the books are never getting written. That guy is on an island somewhere doing anything but working. <laughs> <laughs> anything but but working. But, yeah, yeah, I see that's a complicated question, Gordon. How, how badly do I need the money? You know, you, we see it in sports all the time, right? You see these, uh, these once big-time superstars who end up finishing their career probably not the way that they envision, you know, playing mm-hmm. basketball overseas and that sort of thing because they're not doing that because they got uh, plenty of money. Maybe they love the game. Now, now that might be true, but I mean, if you look at at some, I mean, uh, you're telling I, me I don't the, want to slander anybody. Maybe this isn't the way I want to go. You're telling but, me the Starberry shoe didn't sell well, and that's why Stefan found his way over to China. That dude reinvented his career over there. He did. Oh, he was he, a big hit over he there. Was a big hit over there. But no, like, um, uh, and I'm not just thinking uh, China. Like, where did Antoine Walker? wrapped up his league playing or his career playing in some really random places because well he was money. wasn't he broke yeah that's what i'm saying that's what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean yeah so it'd be nice I mean, to, but he seems like an extreme case i think it happens a lot and i mean seriously you did you remember that espn uh documentary broke that came out it had to be 10 yeah. 12 years ago now i mean mm-hmm. it's remarkable the amount of money that some people uh people burn through and i'm sure that's not just isolated to sports but that is what we cover so that but it is an interesting question in any walk of life would you rather be remembered for great work or for i guess the way you said it jake selling out and just sort of muddying the brilliance by just corporate consideration yeah, I mean, Gordon. Uh, in all seriousness, if you wrote a hit book and uh, it, uh, it, you know, was really lucrative for you, and somebody came to you the next week and said, "Write another," you'd probably say, "Nah, I'm good." But if you go, you know, a couple of years down the road and some investments go south and they say, how about popping out another? You say, great idea. You know, Let's get I've this had, done. I've, I've had a change of heart. I've had a, a burst of inspiration that came to me while I was sitting on a beach and, uh, you know. 
This is the what Cayman I'm getting. Islands. This is mm-hmm. exactly what I'm getting. Sell out with me. Oh, yeah. Sell out. You know what? It, it is what makes sports unique because in other forms, you know, art, that sort of thing, uh, writing, uh, there's not a limit on the time frame in which you can make, you know, your living off your art. Like in sports, you know, if we consider athletics art, you have X amount of years to make that art, you know, and it's shorter than what uh, other occupations would be. And so that Typically. makes an immediacy to the exact issues that we're talking right now, which makes sports somewhat unique. Like if, if uh, you know, Major League Soccer locks out his play, uh, their players, that's time in their career that those players will never get back. Right. Right. And that makes it more immediate, which makes it different maybe than some of these other things that we're talking about. And really, some of those Major League Soccer salaries are not in the same area code as what you see in some of the other sports. Now, some are. Most the league, in fact. Yeah, making uh, much uh, lower amounts. Uh, There are some exceptions. And as we know, when we went through that Forbes highest paid list last week, uh, soccer players internationally uh, were, were well represented in the top five, but uh, Major League Soccer maybe a little different than that. It is. It's it's a lot different than that, in, in fact. Um, and they've been able to, to entice some big names to come play by essentially pooling money to pay them. But on your average Major League Soccer player is making a nice living, nothing extravagant. They're making a nice living. And, uh, hey, that's nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, we're all just trying to make our way in the world. But um, it's not, you know, these guys aren't riding this thing out uh, on an island that they bought last year. Do you think uh, players in that circumstance, in that situation, think about that when they're on the field? Yes. Every second they're on the field. So do you think it would discourage someone from giving a full effort if they're only making X amount of dollars? As opposed to if they had been paid what they thought they were worth, another, say, 25% of what they're making, that they would, by golly, they are going to be, be a ball of fire up and down that field. Well, I, I think, again, it's... That can that can change so mu- so much based on on circumstance, but I bet a lot of what motivates these guys is they don't want to get cut. I mean, how many honestly, where Major League Soccer uh, ranks on the world scale as far of as far as league competitiveness? I don't I don't know where. Maybe somebody who's more familiar with the sport internationally uh, could tell me. But I mean, if these guys could be playing in the English Premier League and making more money, they would be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that goes without saying. Your value is what— And they would make a whole lot more. Their value is what somebody is is willing to pay you. I know we repeat that over and over and over again, but I think a lot of guys in Major League Soccer are just trying to make the squad. So so it's a question for both of you. If you could make—if you would make—if you're making 100 grand a year playing Major League Soccer, and I'm just making up a number because most guys probably do better than that, but you could make 100,000 here or you could go live in France— and make two hundred thousand a year. Which would you do? Interesting question. How old am I? You're. Where 30. am I at in my career? You're thirty years old. Oh, I'm going. Only got uh, only got a short amount of time to make as much money as I can. I'm right there at thirty, where I'm looking to be on the downhill slide. I'm playing. Awesome. I'm, Are you going I'm to taking France? The money. Is there a pandemic? No, mm. in a normal circumstance. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm out of here. 
Really? Vive la France. Yeah, right. Allez le bleu. Like, uh, like uh, Jimmer Fredette um, had a good experience. He's talked about his experience in China, but then he moved. He's now playing in Greece because they were going to pay him more money over there. And if you're Jimmer Fredette, you only have certain amount of time to make as much money as you possibly can. I was listening to Hans and Scotty today. Hans was uh, was talking about that. That makes athletics unique. You know, uh, um, an author can can have a bestseller and then write it out until maybe they feel like writing another one uh, 50 years down the line. But athletes have to make their money really, Gordon, on average, before what, 32, 33, depending on the sport? Yeah, how long ago did Twilight, the book series, uh, originate? 20 years ago or so, wasn't it? Ago, yeah. And she's starting a new take on it this year. Right. Well, she made a pretty good amount, didn't she? Oh, oh yes. yeah. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure she got a big taste of the movie, too. So, yeah, I mean. Well, uh, as you know, be, be, being rich is expensive. And, you know, I mean, comes a time when you got you to gotta get back at it. I would not want to tarnish my original masterpiece. So. It's good to be rich. Well, some people don't have that luxury, I guess, is my point. Yeah, they're just swinging the pick of the salt mine. Yeah, right. Yep, doing their thing. All right, it is. It's expensive being rich. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, we will talk to the great Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we've got What's Going On. And our friend Jody Genesey of the Des News is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Jody's got a really good story uh, out there about Morgan Scally, and we could Use some good stories on a Monday, I think, Gordon. Uh, I've got nothing against that, especially considering some of the news we've all had to deal with over the past few days. Yeah, uh, a little good news isn't uh, the worst thing in the world. And no doubt, Morgan Scally, one of the good ones. All right, coming up next, uh, we will talk to Chris Mannix. Stay tuned. It's Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Chad! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I've been loving you. and 1280 The Zone. We'll uh, talk to Chris Mannix coming up here in a few minutes for your NBA Daily Assist. We'll get his take 
on uh, what's going on with the NBA is it's uh, slowly marching back, or at least they're putting together the framework on uh, what a return for the NBA may look like. You know, we know a couple of those details, Gordon, like Orlando looks to be the site. At least two 22 teams uh, look to be coming back, which would indicate it'll be more than just uh, a playoff. There would be some sort of play-in scenario uh, if that tr- proves to be the case. But I would guess the final, what what Adam Silver presents on Thursday really needs to be a go. So I'm guessing that they're, they're whipping votes behind the scenes. And we talked about uh, Oklahoma City maybe uh, representing some small market teams that are urging the entire league to come back. But what we do know, I think, Gordon, is that these issues are going to be resolved one way or another, hopefully by Thursday. Because they've got to, uh, they've got to get started somewhere, and that's got to uh, apparently going to start with that vote. Then, so is what you're saying there, Jake, that uh, whatever Adam Silver comes up with, the uh, the owners essentially the onus is on them to approve it. Yeah, but I, you know, Paul Gordon, you've I'm, I'm sure followed politics for for a long time, and uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was even Nancy Pelosi earlier in her career, but uh, who it was that said you never bring a uh, bill to the floor unless you know what the vote is? Mm-hmm. I would guess that's what it's going to be with Adam Silver on Thursday. You know, well, you don't that... present your plan unless you know that it's going to go forward because, frankly, you don't have time. So mm-hmm. any owner's concern, he's got he's to handle that now behind the scenes. I mean, I think that's how this thing's going to go. He's got to know he's going to get the votes on what his preferred. And he's, by the way, earned that trust, in my opinion. Now, it's not my, you know, NBA franchise, but I think Adam Silver's been really good through this thing. And I would guess he won't have to work that hard to uh, whip votes to his side. So you think his office has communicated with each owner and and, and already knows? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if not daily, that's what all these, you know, president and GM and all these surveys and and meetings uh, have gone into. Because, you know, these team presidents like Jim Olson is is certainly sharing his opinion on his meeting with the NBA, uh, with the franchise as a whole. Same for Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay. You know, they're they're giving their input to, in this case, Greg Miller, because he's the one who sits on the on the board of government. Governors, and that will, you know, affect the way Greg views things. So I would guess that Adam's going to get as many people on the same page as possible and present a plan that he knows is going to pass on Thursday. Man, that makes it that much more intriguing what that plan is. Right. Right. And who who had to be shoehorned and who didn't? Because in uh, a number of different of our guests across, really, the Zone Sports Network, I've heard multiple multiple people say this, including our daily assist guys, not everybody is going to be happy. It's it's not going to get 100% consensus on anything. People are going to be grumpy, whether it's Oklahoma City's owner or small market owners. I mean, there's going to be something about this plan that doesn't fit perfectly with what somebody else wants. But it's going to have to have the majority opinion to get on the right track and go. That's why I thought uh, what David Locke said was really intriguing. Um, it was either last week or the week before where he's in favor of really tweaking all sorts of stuff, the playoff format. And, you know, now is the year to experiment. But he said the odds of that happening are extremely unlikely because usually the most boring plan is the one that gets the most support in these circumstances. Right. You know, don't have an idea that really rocks the boat because it's going to tough be tough to get people behind that. 
So maybe something like a World Cup-style pool play is unlikely because it's somewhat um, outside the box, and usually that's tough to get everybody on the same page with. Hmm. And that's why your scenario, Gordon, of going right to the playoffs may win out because that's simple. That's clean. I'm just sitting here thinking, what what is it going to be, you know? And is that the reason that the the small market uh, team uh, story came out now? Yes. To cover to cover that base to say, hey man, we we really tried. There were some out there who really were working on this, uh, but it, it it didn't work out. Or maybe they're you know Gordon, whoever put this story out there. You know, maybe they're looking to leverage people to to their side. Maybe this is the Oklahoma City owner who's getting that story out, story out there because he wants to leverage public perception or leverage the decision uh, decision makers and their fans to come on over to whatever agenda he's pushing, which seems fairly obvious at this point. Okay, so based on our conversations of the past, uh, the recent past, like a couple segments ago, uh, Jake, uh, if you were Adam Silver, what's your plan? Which is the one that you are pushing hard, not only because you think it's the best idea, but because you think it'll pass? Um, I wish I knew more about the regional television contracts, but I would say decide on an even number of games to get to, realizing that 82 isn't possible, but get the league back all in its entirety. Uh, get them to everybody's played an even number uh, whatever that may be, and then move on into the playoffs. So decide where that regional uh, magic number is to to make the most you possibly can in the time period allotted off of your regular season games, and then just move right into the playoffs. If you deem that number is 70 or 71 or even 68, just get everybody on the same page and then move on to the playoffs. If I were a young developing team who didn't have anything to play for, I'd look at it as time to time on the floor to develop and then move on into the offseason, whatever that may be. I think it's simple. I think it's easy. Um, it, it, it depends somewhat on logistics and the Orlando uh, situation, but they're already taking on a big-time logistical operation. Uh, you know, If they weren't equipped to do that, that certainly would be a, a big factor in my equation. But, I mean, if I'm Adam Silver operating on the information that Jake Scott has, that's probably what I'm doing. So based on the, uh, the, uh, the, the where most of the teams stand right now, it's about 65 games. Right. That, that's where most of them are, right in that range. You give and take a game or so. So you're looking at uh, getting everybody uh, right about to 70, 72, wh- whatever. We'd, let's say the number doesn't matter. Whatever that number is, right. uh, some of the teams are going to have to go another five, six. Some are going to have to go uh, maybe uh, four. Uh, and just level that thing out and then go from there. And get as many people on board as you can. I, I love the idea of some sort of round robin. I think what hockey is doing is is interesting, um, where they're having that kind of round robin play in. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's interesting. In the case of the NBA, I, I think I think they're going to try and keep it simple. And again, that's why when you, you were talking about just move right on to the playoffs, that may happen. That may be end up what, what happens because it is the simplest and it is the cleanest. It's not necessarily the most lucrative. It's not necessarily one of the, it, the most fair, I would say, but it, it is easy to draw that line. All right, it's, it's time for your daily assist. Let's get to it. 
It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the big show. It's time for your daily assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Call them today, 801-747-LEES. That's L-E-E-S or online at leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. He's from Sports Illustrated, of course. He's our good friend, Chris Mannix. Chris, uh, hope you are well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are we doing? We're doing all right. We're, uh, yeah, we're doing all right, I think. Uh, Chris, uh, before we get into basketball, I, I wanted to ask what your thoughts have been over the events of the past couple of days, uh, last few days. Uh, where, where, where's your mind at right now with all that? You know, it it shifts from one feeling very quickly to another, to from the horror of what you saw on that tape. And it's, it's one of those videos you really can only watch once, if at all. Um, I, I have not gone back and, you know, even attempted to see it again, the horror of that. And, you know, it, it then translates to anger when you see all these videos of people with no cause and no purpose, whose only objective it is, is to go out there and cause mayhem and loot and riot who, have nothing to do who do know who certainly do not feel the pain of the community that that feels it right now um who in my opinion are just you know uh, just anarchists basically who are truly cowards who you know mask their face not because they want to protect themselves from coronavirus but because they don't want to get caught on camera you know robbing people and stealing from people and doing things like that and um and then just it just is bounces back and forth it's tough I, i've been really and I wrote about this today. I've been really impressed with NBA players. I feel like, you know, from the words that they put out there on their various social media platforms to the actions we've seen from a retired player like Steven Jackson, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, whose mother passed away just weeks ago from coronavirus. Uh, he's out there, you know, marching. Jalen Brown driving to Atlanta 15 hours. You had Dennis Smith Jr. in Fayetteville, Tobias Harris in Philadelphia. It really has been impressive to see, you know, these young men and, and WNBA stars, women as well, um, really being leaders on this issue. And when you have, a, a, in my opinion, a significant lack of leadership at the top in the White House, it, it's pretty impressive to see, you know, athletes taking on this role and, and really being role models for, for the future. I think that's uh, very well said, Chris. What is kind of your opinion on sports's role in social issues? Do you have an overall kind of thought about that? Not necessarily this particular time and day, but overall sports role in society from that standpoint. You know, I don't differentiate sports roles from, you know, the role of people like you and me and everybody else out there. I mean, I you know, look, I, I try to do as many charitable things as I can. I try to contribute to as many things I can. But I think more than anything, it's about, you know, just being better and, and you know, being a good person on a daily basis. And, and I apply that to sports where you want to see the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, you know, be 
good people and been, and have good policies in, in practice. And the players in those leagues do what NBA players do and NFL players are doing. Just, just continue to, to be the best person and best you know, organization or league that you can possibly be. And that, that, that's how it's going to get better. I mean, that's, that's really the only way. Fundamentally, that's really the only way if we individually take it upon ourselves to be better. And, you know, when that happens, um, it'll be a much different country. Until that happens, you know, unfortunately, you know, you'd like to think this was the last incident with George Floyd, but we thought, you know, Ahmad Bradbury was the last. We thought Eric Garner might have been the last. It just, it unfortunately, it just keeps happening, and, and, and that's kind of sad. So, all of that being said now, Chris, uh, what what do you think that Adam Silver is thinking right about now about as he's moving this forward? And do you agree with what Jake said? And uh, you probably didn't hear it, but Jake was talking about, well, Adam Silver probably knows what he, what and what isn't going to be acceptable to those who will be voting on this moving forward. And if he has sort of gone through and and, 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 and taken a poll of, of what is acceptable to uh, various owners around the league and those who represent those owners, what do you think is going to be put forth as acceptable to them uh, moving forward when this vote is, is made? You're speaking of, like, on, on social issues? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, on on what would be acceptable to them, as far as uh, you know, the uh, w- whether it will be uh, a, 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 a sort of playoff plus situation moving forward. Oh, right, or, right. Yeah, or, or whether yeah, it's I mean, different than that. Yeah, you know, it, it it's funny. Like nobody really has, even as we sit here, you know, two days before or three days before the board of governors call, which you know, hopefully will offer a lot of clarity and offer a format in place. There really isn't a lot of clarity right now. I mean, you know, Adam Silver has said to to general managers and, and governors, you know, give me your best ideas. That, that's been his message. And, you know, they've done that. And there certainly is a, a difference of opinion on, you know, what is the best way to move forward. The, the one thing I'm pretty sure of, though, is that, even if there's disagreement on what Adam Silver decides on, teams are going to go along with it. I mean, they understand they were going to go along with it well before, you know, everything kind of broke out um, with what happened in Minnesota. But they, they're definitely going to go along with with everything that Adam Silver, um, anything Adam Silver decides, and the league decides to to go for. So if that means the Cleveland Cavaliers come back for a three week training camp to play five games. That's how it's going to be. If it means that you know the three teams in the West don't get a fair shake at making the final playoff, at getting the final playoff spot, that's kind of the way it's going to be. But I, I wish I had a, a clear answer of what they're going to do. I mean, I, I I don't believe it's going to be all 16 teams. I, I think it's going to be more than that. I don't know how many more than that, um, but I think you're going to have some kind of, of playoff plus that lands the number of teams somewhere between the 16 of the postseason and the 30 overall. Chris Mannix with us from Sports Illustrated, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, uh, Chris, I, I'm sure I've asked you about this uh, throughout this situation, but we're seeing Major League Soccer now have an issue between their players and owners. They could be headed for a lockout. Major League Baseball is having issues with their labor relations as well. I know there are different reasons in different leagues, but the NBA still seems to be on the same page. Do you expect that to continue? I do, at least for the short term, because – you know, it's it, because of the the amount of time left in the season. It, it's 
you know, it, it's not going to be – you're not going to have some kind of fundamental difference on, on how you pay players. I mean, they've already figured out a structure of garnishing players' salaries until they figure all this out. It'll be, I believe, 25% today, another 25% uh, on June 15th. And, you know, depending on how many games that they ultimately wind up playing, there's a way for the players to get that money back. So, you know, for the rest of this season, however long this season lasts, it won't be an issue. But I think I've said this to you guys before – you know, if you get into next season and you're into October, November, and there's no, you know, it still looks like there's not going to be crowds in the stands, or it looks like at most you're going to have 25, 50% capacity, which I think is, is definitely possible, um, then it could be problematic. I mean, look, NBA owners are not going to hemorrhage cash. I mean, they're not just going to pay out players, um, you know, at a prorated rate of their salary based on games or anything like that. They're going to demand that the players feel their pain on this one. And, you know, I'd like to sit here and say that Silver's relationship with Michelle Roberts, his relationship with Chris Paul, make that those negotiations that much easier, and, and they do, but ultimately it comes down to money. And, you know, if, if owners say this is our line in the sand and we're not going to cross it, and players say this is our line in the sand we're not going to cross it, well, I've covered enough, you know, bad collective bargaining agreement negotiations to know that it could get ugly very fast and we could be headed towards – you know, some kind of impasse uh, between the two sides. So it's good that there's some time here. Like, baseball's trying to do this in real time as they get their season off the ground. The NBA is going to have a matter of months, you know, five, six months to, to work on this. But, you know, when it comes to money, you know, it's, it's, some, it's, it's very tough to believe everybody's going to be on the same page. So what's your best guess about what it will be as it pertains to the NBA, Chris? What you, I mean, what do you think is most likely? Well, for I mean, again, for this season, I think it's more of that playoff plus type format, and that has you know the final I want to say twenty two teams involved. You get the sixteen teams, then three in the East and three in the West, where you're playing for postseason spots. I know the closest team in the East is the Wizards. I think was at five games back, but yeah, you know, just have some kind of equal opportunity there to get to the playoffs. I think that's some version of that is the the most likely scenario. Um, and then next year, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just, you know, they want to play all 82 games. I know that. They don't want to sit on any games, and they don't care if they start the season in January, maybe even February. I mean, I just don't think there's a clock on starting next season. I really don't. So I think that, you know, they'll find a way to get all 82 games in. How many of those games include fans? Obviously, it's going to be months before we know the answer to that question. Chris, you've been uh, coming on the show for a long time, and our listeners always appreciate your perspective, and we want to thank you uh, for your perspective today, not only on basketball, but, uh, of course, on what's going on in our great country. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Chris. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. It's your daily assist here on 97.5 and 1280 Zone. And I like how matter-of-factly Chris processes information to his opinions, and that, uh, that really was evident today, I thought. I wonder. I wonder what it's going to be. I, I wonder. I wonder what that plan will end up being. I think what uh, Chris said is probably the most likely, don't you? Yeah, I, I imagine that's what's Someone, leaked out. I mean, that's what's leaked out yeah. so far. So, so whatever that number will be, whether it will be uh, twenty-two uh, or twenty-four, or I don't think it'll be anything much different than that. Do you? No, that's not what it looks like. But, I mean, this, this story about Oklahoma City today is interesting. Yeah, that did catch my attention. There's, and Yeah, there's some motivation. I mean, there's some motivation from somewhere to get all 30 teams back, and that, that opinion was kind of voiced today. So, I don't know. Well, it was voiced in the meeting, but it was leaked to the media today.
What do you think? Your, what is your answer to your original question about uh, what? What, especially as it pertains to the overall feel of what's what's uh, what's best as far as uh, the overall vibe of the league and and and, and what what is uh, what feels best from a standpoint of uh, of overall you know overall vibe. Um, I well, it's how all good negotiation really works, right? I think it'll end somewhere in the middle. I think they'll try to salvage revenue by bringing more teams back, but they probably won't bring all the teams back. They'll find a way to to make games competitive in a way that seems fair, uh, but not fair to everybody. Obviously, I mean, you heard Chris mention the Wizards. What do you do with them? They're five games back. Do they get an opportunity? I mean, it's it's no solution to this thing is going to 100% satisfy some need. You just have to put together the best you can and proceed. And it's got to be in some sort of doable fashion, which means you can't get too complicated. Okay. Well, and that, that makes perfect sense from a standpoint of, of what's going to be put forth from a standpoint of Adam Silver and what he feels is best for his league overall. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we have a Mountain America market update. Top of the 4 o'clock hour, we have what's going on. And uh, Jody Guinnessy, our good friend, is going to join us on the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. These arms are Big Show, Gordon Monson, <clears throat> excuse me, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Chris Mannix for jumping on with us in the last segment. Gordon, we'll have what's going on coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, Jody Genesee is going to join us at the top of the 5, five o'clock hour. Not only does Jody have a great uh, piece out right now in the Deseret News about Morgan Scally, we'll talk to him about, uh, but also... Um, of course, covered Jerry Sloan and wrote a book recently about uh, about the Utah Jazz. So we'll ask him uh, maybe some thoughts on on the passing of Jerry. But right now, it is time for another Mountain America Market update. Uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend Ray Nishikawa with us here on the Big Show. Ray, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, how are you doing, Jake? Hey, we're doing all right, man. Thanks for jumping on. Let's uh, let's talk about how the markets did today. Well, the market's up a little bit today. The Dow was up 91. S&P was up 11. Um, instead of talking about any news, because really there was nothing meaningful other than you know mass riots, the going, ongoing pandemic, but that's all known. Instead, I thought something new to share, which was uh, the volatility index, the VIX, V-I-X. Uh, this is what we use to measure how volatile things are. Uh, it's a scale from 0 to 100. Uh, zero is your grandmother taking a nap at 2, two o'clock in the afternoon, and 100 is you spontaneously combust. So March 18th, we hit 82 out of 100. So we're, we were pretty much a rounding error away from just blowing up. And now we're back to about 28. To put it in perspective, the last time we hit over 80 was back in November of 08. So that was in the middle of the financial collapse. It took us seven months to get back to the levels we're at now. So... I don't know what this all means, but uh, we basically hit higher than we did in 08, and we recovered quicker, or we basically calmed down quicker than we did in 08. So just some food for thought for today. So is 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 that good news? I have no idea, Gordon. 
<laughs> That's an honest response. Yeah, that is an honest response. I, I like that. Uh, any uh, Anything else we should be thinking about today, Ray? Um, yeah. Um, I would say the tip I had for today was something that I wanted to give to my kids. You know, with school being out, I wanted to start giving them some sort of a phrase, you know, maybe maybe they'll use 20 years later in life. So I figured I would uh, just kind of make my own. And what I came up with was 60 days it takes to form a habit and then 60 months for you to form an identity or a culture. And so normally I would just go right into a Phil Jackson analogy, but I think Gordon's head would explode. So instead, <laughs> um, you know, we were talking about Jerry Sloan. So I would say that he was a perfect embodiment of having that level of identity, right? To be able to create that culture, to have expectation. And what that does is it builds success upon success. And it does make it easier for people to operate around that system because of that. So yeah, creating an identity or culture takes time, but it's really a culmination of different habits. So. Ray, it's always I, a, pl- oh, sorry, Gordon, I, go ahead. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I do too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Ray. You're the man. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Ray. That's uh, Ray Nishikawa, our good friend from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America Market Update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordon, coming up right around the corner, we're going to get to what's going on. Uh, Steve Cleveland was on with DJ and PK and had some very interesting things to uh, say about the world today. And uh, we'll also, uh, apparently there was some uh, fun on the Hanson Scotty show talking about uh, Hot Pockets. And apparently Austin had some role to play in uh, what they were talking about. Is that correct, Austin? Well, I, I do like a hot pocket from time to time, and okay. they see me out there making them. So I think that might uh, we might have to get to that as well. All right, uh, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.